Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. John Kelly here with Jeremiah Stringer, the king of Kentucky backpacking, and this is a pop-up live stream. We don't know if anybody's going to get on. There was no warning of it. We didn't tell anybody we were going to do this. So we'll just see if anybody comes on at any point during this podcast and leaves a note or a message. Yeah. If they do, great. If they don't... Oh, this is going to go out into the ethos regardless as a recorded episode. Yes, we have been on a mission to get eight episodes of this podcast recorded before Jeremiah heads off to France. Hey, what's up, Rusty? Glad to have you on here, man. Uh, so He's like, what? He's like, wait, wait what's, what's happening right now? Uh, so uh, we are getting a really interesting topic for today. And what we're going to talk about. Yeah, dude, this is my first experience ever with anything artificial intelligence when it comes to like this chat GPT or any of the, um, I don't know, any of those AIs. Yeah, I, I watched a video by uh, Stephen Smith from uh, My Life Outdoors. Mm-hmm. And he did this like loadout. He asked, the, he asked the AI to give him a loadout for backpacking. And I thought, what would it be like if we did that? Yeah. We got a loadout, and then we just talk about whether or not we agree with the loadout that ChatGPT gave to us. Yeah, if anybody hops on the uh, live stream and interacts with us, we can talk to them too. Now, before we check out the loadout, because I have it already, I asked, give me a loadout basically for a three-day trip. That in would the take Rocky us, Mountains. In the Rocky Mountains, even though I misspelled rock. It actually, but it did say Rocky Mountains. It, ch- it fixed it for you. Oh, all right. Well, good. Um uh, Actually, today's episode is brought to you by OutdoorBeards.com. And they are not run by artificial intelligence, but by a man named Matthew Treese. <laughs> yeah, he knows what he's doing, man. He is full-time Outdoor Beards man. Yeah, which is exciting because when we first started uh, working with Outdoor Beards, it was kind of like he was working out of his house and doing what he could when he could. Mm-hmm. And now he is full-time with Outdoor Beards. And yeah. It's because of amazing people like you who are buying the products. Yes. So if you want to support American-made products and small businesses, order your uh, beard accessories, your balms, your oils. Your mustache wax. Yes. Everything. Chapstick. I mean, he's got a bunch of stuff, dude. Yeah, it's soaps. It's an amazing array of men's products that he has there. So Yeah, so check out OutdoorBeards.com and use our code BACKPACKING to get 10% off of your order. And now let's check out what uh, the old chat GPT. I signed up for this, dude, and it was a struggle. (laughs) We, We signed up with the Backpacking Podcast email address, and we put down the birth date of the podcast. Yes. Which was apparently a really bad idea because I thought we were three years old <laughs> yep. and did not allow us to use it. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, I guess it had saved our cookies and I had to restart everything and sign up legitimately under my personal account. But I have asked for a three-day trip in the Rockies, a backpacking loadout. And uh, let's put on the screen here, if we can, what it thinks would be a good loadout. 
So it starts with a backpack. It says, look for a backpack with a capacity of around 40 to 60 liters to accommodate all your gear. I like that. I do. 40 to 60 liters. I do like that. So it didn't give a specific backpack. We didn't ask for specific gear, but we asked for what a loadout needs to look like. So that's a great start. Uh huh. 40 to 60 liters is actually a pretty good size. Now, it doesn't give you any ideas on what brand to buy or anything like that. No. But I guess you just shop around for yourself. Yes. All right. Then it moves on to shelter and sleeping. The first thing it says is a tent, which we'll just agree to disagree on. Um, it says <laughs> choose a lightweight and durable backpacking tent suitable for the number of people going on the trip. Now, let's let's talk about that last part. All right. Suitable for the number of people going on the trip. I say one mm. tent per person. I say everybody brings their own shelter. Um, Miyagi, <laughs> we had him and Milo Sean, and uh, they were talking about how the both of them riding the motorcycle was too many dudes on the motorcycle. Right, right. I think the tent. I could kind of. Uh, I could kind of say the same. Unless you're dating or in an intimate relationship. Typically, a tent. That's one, that's a one man device on the uh, yeah, on yeah. the trail. It's nothing me, personal. Anyway. It's nothing personal against anybody, no. but I snore, and I know other people snore. And here's the thing: when you're backpacking, you don't smell good. No, and you want your privacy too. You want yeah. to get away and have your own little domain. Yeah, you're hiking you with people all day. You're camping together. You're getting plenty of time together. You yeah. don't need to have time at night. So, okay, it says a sleeping bag. Opt for a sleeping bag with appropriate temperature rating for the season and elevation you'll be camping in. I like that, even though you could do a quilt instead. But I would say in the Rockies, I'm probably going to go with the sleeping bag. Well, and, and there, this is probably the basics. I mean, that's, that's all this is. This is the basic idea of what, if somebody's getting started, this was an item they would need. Sure. And I like the fact that it put the appropriate tempera- temperature rating for the season and elevation. That's a kicker a lot of people don't think about. Mm-hmm. They'll check out the temperature on like the um, the weather forecast, but they don't ever look to see uh, whether or not uh, they're going to be at elevation where the temperature is going to yeah. change drastically. Now, sometimes it's obvious, like um, when we went out to Holy Cross Wilderness in Colorado, um, we knew that we were going to be above 10,000 feet basically the whole time. But I'm telling you, dude, about 1 p.m. every day, the storms roll in, the temperature drops, you start getting some hail, some thunderstorms. So um, the sleeping bag, depending on the elevation, is a very important key. I agree. And I will say, this is uh, I'm, I'm impressed so far with what ChatGBT came up with. Okay, sleeping pad. Consider a lightweight insulated sleeping pad for comfort and insulation from the cold ground. That's, that's pretty basic. That's pretty basic. Yeah, I like that um, it tells you about the ground, though, because, dude, the first sleeping pad that I brought, it wasn't insulated whatsoever. Oh, so, yeah. So, yeah. you know, on a 40-degree night, the the cold ground is sucking the warmth from you. Right. So, that's good. That's a good little factor. That's not bad. That's not bad. So, we got, our, we got our backpack. We got our shelter and sleep system. Uh, let's look at clothing. It says base layers. Pack moisture wicking and quick drying base layers, tops and bottoms, for warmth and to manage sweat. That's not bad. That's pretty good. We are talking the Rocky Mountains, so we are going to be dealing with elevation, so it is going to get chilly at points. Yeah, and you do want a good base layer. You want, you don't want cotton, typically. Right. But, you know, I make YouTube videos sometimes, and uh, people comment 
like cotton kills, and other people will comment like in the summertime, I like cotton because once it gets wet, it takes longer to dry. But you know what I always think? Chafing in my armpits. Wouldn't you think that a cotton T-shirt, like if it's going to be wet and you're hiking, that's oh, going yeah. Yeah. to kind of chafe you a little I, bit? I, I just stay away from cotton altogether for a multitude of reasons. Um, so that's great. Uh, base layers are good. Insulating layers. Bring a lightweight fleece or down jacket to stay warmer in colder temperatures. Another good play. Yeah, I like a fleece and a down personally. If I was going to the Rockies, um, what I'm probably going to do is, and we just picked the Rockies, like John just said that, and I typed it in. Yeah, it was like. This can be anywhere. Yeah. But I like, um, especially in the fall or the winter, I'll do the fleece as my mid-layer and then do my puffy as my outer and then the outer shell, too, of a rain jacket. Right, right, in case it gets like really that. cold or super windy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you're just joining us, just to, just to update you, we have asked ChatGPT to build us a backpacking loadout, and we're kind of breaking it down as we pick through the, the bullet points that it gives us. So now we're to outer layers, which includes a waterproof and breathable rain jacket and pants to protect against rain and wind. Okay. What kind of pants are are uh, preventing against the rain and wind? Yeah, this is probably the first time we've had something where we're like, eh, I don't know about that. Waterproof pants. Well, that's the rain jacket. It doesn't say that the pants are waterproof. Well, it says include a waterproof and breathable rain jacket and pants. So I don't know if the waterproof and breathable goes to both or if this is a separate, like grammatically. I'm yeah. not an English major. Right. But I'm not really sure... On what what it wants. I see what you're saying. I would say <laughs> I did bring waterproof pants to Kilimanjaro, believe it or not. Did you use them? Yes. Now, are these... So, my pants are normally like I got underwear on and then I got like hiking pants. These, you pulled over your pants. Okay. So, they were literally like rain pants. And it was good for us because of where we were. A lot of times... For a couple of days, we were actually in clouds. Oh, yeah, you're walking So you're just moisture. literally getting soaked. And there's not rain, but you're just getting wet, sure. if that makes sense. And so it really did help because you and I talked in, in the last podcast we just recorded today, which will be out in like two months. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we talked about the fact that moisture can cause chafing and blisters and, and all those things. Mm-hmm. So I could see where, depending on where you're going to be, Waterproof bottoms might not be a bad idea. Even like, even like a rain skirt or something like that. The yeah. the kilts that they have out. I have a I have a pair of waterproof pants that, I I think they're technically for skiing. Maybe I don't know. I bought them off backcountry.com, but uh, I bought them so that whenever I went up snowshoeing with Justin, um, it's good in the woods mm-hmm. that I would have extra protection, and they work good. I still take them on some of my winter trips. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, maybe something along those lines. Yeah. Okay, so we are now to hiking pants and shorts. Carry lightweight and quick-drying pants or shorts for hiking. I agree with that 100%. I don't think you need both. No, it's just one or, other, one or the other. No, I'm talking about, like, it has the outer layers. I guess it depends. Some people bring, like, frog togs, so you'll get the rain jacket or the rain jacket and the rain pants. But normally I don't bring... If I'm bringing regular hiking pants, I don't also bring um, waterproof pants to go on the outside of them. Now, like I said, I think it just depends on where you're hiking. Yeah. It's like in Kilimanjaro, the 
those outer pants were huge, especially, and I wore them on summit day in a big reason because it was 30 mile an hour winds and it was oh, 30 cold. degrees below zero wind chill. So <laughs> yeah, those kind of rain necessary. pants were basically windbreakers for my legs. Yeah. You know, so I definitely wore those on the last day. So I think, you know, we're talking about the Rocky mountains and some of those Rocky mountains get up to over 14,000 feet. Let me get, get pretty dang chilly at 14,000 feet. Yeah. The wind, the wind chill is a huge one. Yeah. Let me ask you a question about the, the windbreaker situation. Yeah. Let's okay. Hear it. Some people do a windbreaker. Some people do a rain jacket. What is the difference? And why would I not always do the rain jacket instead of the windbreaker? I think the big thing is weight. So it's a lot lighter. Windbreakers can be so much lighter because they don't need the DWR coating. They don't need to be taped because they're not rain jackets. Mm. I think if, let's put it this way. You're an umbrella guy, right? Sometimes. I am as much as possible. Yeah. Like I would prefer an umbrella over a raincoat anytime. And so for me, I would rather have a windbreaker. So at night, if it gets cold, that could be my shell over top of my lower layers. Mm-hmm. And I'll be able to stay warm because it can break that wind. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, you won't need a raincoat if you've got the umbrella. And so it could be, a, it could be, it could be as much as, Half a pound, depending yeah. on the raincoat you carry with you. But what about the wind? If you don't bring the rain jacket, you'd have to bring the windbreaker. Yeah, but what if it's too windy for your umbrella? Then are you just basically like, well, I'm screwed. You see what I'm saying? It's raining and windy, but you don't have a rain jacket. All you have is the umbrella, and the umbrella is not going to work. And the windbreaker. We have the windbreaker, but it's too windy to use the umbrella, so you're going to get wet. Oh, I see what you're saying. I yeah, see what you're saying. That's, that's a that's, great question. It's one of my fears on bringing the the windbreaker. And so you're not saying the we should pack our fears? Well, I'm just saying, is it worth the negligible weight amount? I got you. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I don't know. Somebody commented that on a video I did in the last couple yeah. of weeks. And well, I, was, I mean, I've got lightweight rain jackets. Like my frog yeah, togs too. jacket only weighs like eight ounces or something. Yeah, they're on that two shar. Yeah, uh, Outdoor Vital sent that to it's me. What, six today. or seven ounces. I think it's seven point one for a medium. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, there there are lightweight jackets out there where you wouldn't need to uh, even do the windbreaker because a rain jacket's always going to be a windbreaker. Yeah, but a windbreaker is not always going to be a rain jacket. No. Okay, so uh, now we are to hiking shirts. All right. Pack a few moisture wicking shirts. A few. <laughs> A few moisture. Okay, that's a few, probably, okay. Let, let's stop there for a second. Um, no, didn't it already have you a base layer of a wicking wick? How many shirts do we need? I don't know, man. These people, these I, they may have just gone and watched a bunch of Eddie Bauer commercials. <laughs> you think they're getting you know, influenced? Yeah, I don't know. Like now, you you definitely don't need to bring a few moisture wicking shirts. Yeah, better the better idea is to bring one shirt that you hike in, and bring a shirt for camp. Yeah. That way you can, because like, I did that this past weekend. I had a, I had my um, uh, Outdoor Vitals uh, sun hoodie. And if I'm not wearing that one, I'm wearing an Outdoor Research sun hoodie. Those are my two favorite sun hoodies right now. And I'll wear those. And then when I get to camp, I just put on a like a cotton t-shirt like this one when I get to camp because I'm not hiking anymore. You like the cotton t-shirt at camp? It's just comfortable. It I feels like the, good. Yeah, I like to feel, unless it's like really hot and I'm going to, for, like if it's gonna be eighty degrees at camp, eighty five degrees. I might bring it cotton, but it's got it's got no sleeves on. It's my redneck shirt. 
Oh, <laughs> you cut the sleeve oh, off? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about the shirts where they cut the sleeve off and go all the way down the side and you got a little man nipple sticking out? Uh, I don't do that. Nobody wants like to see those? that on me. No. That's what I'm thinking, too, man. Uh, nobody wants sleeve to see Sleeve is it. enough, don't I, you think? I'm not attractive enough for that kind of a shirt. <laughs> That's for guys that have abs and like, low body fat. <laughs> yeah. Guys like me doing that, it's like, oh, look, there's his fat. You know, like nobody wants to see that, so we're not <laughs> doing that. Stick with the sleeves. But I do take the sleeves off. Um, but yeah, I always like to change a shirt when I get to camp because you've been sweating yeah, in the other one and it's nice to get it off because it'll dry quick too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you don't need, you don't need multiple wicking shirts, uh, socks and underwear bring enough pairs to last the trip and consider wool or synthetic materials that dry quickly. So bring enough pairs to last the trip. I wonder what that means. That's a bit subjective. Don't you think? That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Cause, uh, that could since it is so ambiguous, it could mean bring a pair for every day. Yeah. It could mean bring two for every day. Right. Who knows? I would, do you do the bring one, do you bring two pairs of underwear if you're going on a three day trip? Not on a three day trip. Okay. But I will if it's more than three days. Yeah. Do you do the turn it inside out so you can get two days wear or you just put them back on? I typically, in all honesty, in the summertime, Mm -hmm. I don't even have underwear. Oh, I've oh, got, you do I've got the, the shorts with the liner. Yeah. You know, I wore those um, a few, like, last weekend and started getting chafed. Did you? Uh-huh. But I wasn't backpacking. I was playing basketball. Yeah. But I've never had that happen before. I don't mind the liner. Sometimes it's a little bit uncomfortable because it hugs too much, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, it just depends, I guess, what kind of fit. You're probably you right like. about that. But I would say two pairs of socks is good. Two pairs of that socks. That way, if is you good. get a pair that gets really, really wet and you want dry socks at camp, mm-hmm. you can change them out and then you can let the other ones dry in your sleeping bag with you at yeah. overnight. Um, but I wouldn't bring more than two pairs of either. Like, yeah. the thing is, the the one, there's two areas where people bring too much and it's always food and clothing. And those are two of the heaviest things that you're going to bring. Yeah, I've seen people bring as much as almost 12 pounds of clothing. Because they've got a shirt for each day, a pair of underwear for each day, a pair of socks for each day, and it's just overkill. You are going to smell bad when you're on trail. Just live with it. It's okay. Yep, I totally agree. Uh, What else we got? We got hats and gloves. Include a sun hat for protection and lightweight gloves for chilly weather. And I would say if you are in the the Smoky Mountain or the Rocky Mountains, Mm -hmm. the gloves are definitely a good idea. I don't know about the sun hat. Yeah, the sun I'm not hat. A big sun hat guy. It could be. I'm gonna say any hat, really. It I would. I would say it'd be better to have some kind of a scully or warmer hat mm-hmm. because it's probably gonna get chilly at night, and then yeah. the first part of the morning. Especially if if elevation is a factor, all times of the year it's probably gonna get a little chilly at night. Yeah. Even if it's not too cold, but I typically bring two hats. I will bring like uh, just a baseball hat. Yep, I do. Like what I'm wearing now. And I will bring some type of beanie, whether it's a scully, which yeah. we're, we're describing kind of like a down beanie. Yeah. Um, a lot of people use those with your sleeping quilts as That's well. That's what I do. Because they don't have a hood. Yep. So that lets you kind of add that hood aspect while you're sleeping. But honestly, I prefer the uh, a wool beanie with a fleece liner. So hat, sun, hat for protection, and lightweight gloves. I yep. like the fingerless gloves, but if it's going to be too. really cold, I'll bring those, and I'll also bring, like, my mittens that you can take the the mitt part off and the thumb part off, like, fold it back. That's what I've got. I've got the same pairs of, of, uh, of gloves. Okay, so footwear. 
Hiking boots or shoes. Choose comfortable and sturdy footwear suitable for the terrain and weather conditions. And probably for a beginner, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, it seems like everybody starts in boots. Why do you think that is? Because when I when you were a kid, what did they talk about when you went hiking? You needed hiking boots. Bring your hiking boots, little yeah. Billy. I mean, everybody everybody says that. Oh, here we go. Backpackerish. My favorite cheap gear is a rain sun hat combined with my buff in the Rockies. Oh, you've actually hiked in the Rockies. That's perfect. See, if that makes sense because you've got the buff probably covering over the back of his neck so that uh, it keeps the sun off the back yeah. of his neck. And then, of course, the sun hat is going to keep everything else on your face pretty good in the shade. Yeah. it's a good comment, Backpackers. Good, good stuff. Have you checked his channel out? Uh-uh. You need to. Good channel. All right. I good definitely channel. will. Shout out to you. Yeah. So, so I would say that's a good for a beginner because trail runners – are very specific. They're all different, mm-hmm. and they're expensive, and they don't last long. And you don't see many boots that are zero drop. But no. you see numerous trail runners that are, and sometimes that has a little bit of a learning curve. And it can cause, like for me, it causes calf pain. Yeah, I think it hits a different part of the calf muscle where your foot's not on an incline, and yeah. then you're not used to working that. And it's not, it's not a recipe for success to never work that and then – Work it for 10 miles with 30 pounds on your back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to get hurt. Exactly. Uh, so we're to camp shoes now. Pack oh. lightweight and collapsible shoes like sandals or flip-flops to wear at camp. Can I tell you something? Uh-huh. I really wish I had camp shoes this past weekend. Did your feet get a little wet? I decided, no, they didn't get wet, but it was hot. Yeah. And I'm thinking about putting, getting some money together and going and buying some of those uh, Zero sandals. You need to get some Crocs, dude. I've got Crocs, but they're heavy. They are heavy. And uh, those zero sandals are so light. and uh, But they give you good protection and your feet can breathe. How much are they? I don't know. Probably more than I should be spending on something. But I still want to get them. Yeah. Josh had a pair this past weekend when we went backpacking. He had a pair. And he really likes them. They're, zero, they're the zero ones. That means they're the super minimalist ones. Yes. Right? Okay. Which is great because they're super lightweight. Yeah. But your feet aren't going aren't gonna to suffer. They still have tread on the bottom of them and everything. So you can hike in them or just yeah, camp shoes? some people hike in those. You think they really hold up for hiking? Is that what Hunter uses? uses I'm sure he has at some point because he's a sandal hiker. Yeah. But I don't know if he uses that brand. I think he's got a different brand that he uses. <laughs> I met this one chick on the long trail, and she had an Eno hammock. She's sleeping in every night with like a, just like one of the Z-Lot pads. And uh, she was wearing two pairs of darn tough socks. And two a, pairs? Two pairs of darn tough socks and a pair of, uh, like, Walmart sandals. Like the dad sand. Like, if you imagine a dad wearing white, white socks and sandals, those are the kind of sandals she had. So, I was like, I don't know how. She has made it all the way up to this far north on the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. That's what she was doing. It was whenever it coincided. Yeah. AT and LT. And, uh... Well, I guess it doesn't really matter if you got the stick to it in this. Yeah. You can do it in any type of gear. Yeah, pretty much. I do. I will say up to this point, um, if you had all these things with you, you'd be in pretty good shape. Might be a little heavy. Yeah. Might be a little heavy, but at least you have everything you need. Uh, cooking and food. So oh! A backpacking stove. Select a lightweight and com- compact stove that uses fuel appropriate for your trip. 
I, I like that last part very much. That's good info. Because if you are in California, you cannot use I'm mean, and, and if anybody's from California and watching and can can correct me on this, I don't think you're allowed to use alcohol stoves. Because the forest California. fires? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I don't think you're allowed to use alcohol stoves. I think you have to use canister stoves. Could I don't have any information on that. I'm almost positive on that. So the fuel appropriate for your trip can be important. Like if you're here in Kentucky. Alcohol stove's fine. A wood burning stove's fine. Uh, the, the canister stoves are fine. Yeah, but here's um, the thing with the canister: light your partner on fire and <laughs> cook over them. I mean, it doesn't matter in Kentucky. Campfire. Um, the fuel appropriate for your trip, like you can never fly with canisters, right? So you have to buy it when you're there. And like some stoves, I can't remember what it's called, but depending on the altitude, they have to have a piece in them that either pushes more, more fuel through or limits it or something, some kind of adjuster. Feel free to comment if y'all know what I'm talking about. But if your stove doesn't have that thing to acclimate it to the uh, proper altitude, your stove won't work right. And right. also your canister. Like I have the winter the winter fuel that's an isobutane-propane uh, mix. And right. sometimes if it's too cold, like it was in the teens, and if you didn't like keep that in your jacket pocket or whatever – um, in the morning time, when you went to make your coffee or whatever, it just wouldn't light because it's yeah. been sitting there and it's 15 degrees sitting on yeah. the ground. What's up, caveman? Hey, how's it going, caveman? It's good to see you. So, uh, yeah, and certain fuels don't work under certain temperatures, certain canisters of similar fuels because there are different kinds of isoprotein or propane mm-hmm. that you can use, and some of them are better for colder weather than others. Yeah, has something to do with the concentration and... Of the fuel, I think. Yeah. I'm All right. Sure. Cookware. Carry a lightweight pot, pan, and utensils for cooking and eating. Now, I will say a pan is great. I love using a frying pan on the on the trail, but that's not necessary. No. And even the if you want to cold soak, you don't have to bring a pot, but I never cold soak. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. There's There's no need to do that. That's just disgusting. What about the water filter? Water filter. Bring a reliable water filter or purification system to treat water from natural sources. That is absolutely 100% true. That's fine. I think we've talked about that several times. Uh-huh. Filter your water. <laughs> yeah. Just do it. Like, water sources are getting less and less healthy all the time, and it's just better just filter. Don't even take a chance. I agree. All right, food. Plan and pack lightweight, high-energy meals and snacks that are easy to prepare. Um, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, but it doesn't help a whole lot. Well, I think it gives you enough necessary information, but you're still going to have to research exactly what kind of food. Yeah. I mean, high energy, it uses a lot of key words there. Lightweight, high energy, and, of course, snacks, easy to prepare. It didn't but put chocolate in there, though, Jeremiah. Are you it, okay with that? No, I'm not okay with say. it. That should have been, it should have said chocolate, comma, Plan and pack lightweight, high energy. Exactly. Oh, Rusty, my Sawyer failed last weekend. Oh, man, I hate that for you. Oh, yeah. Try out the platypus, man. Yeah, the platypus quick draw is fantastic. So um, let's go to hydration. Since we're talking about hydration, um, water water bottles or hydration bladder carry enough water bottles or a hydration bladder with a sufficient capacity. Yeah. Um, And I would put don't use... um, the Nalgene bottles, unless you're going to be cold at night, you want to use it for like boiling water to keep yourself warm inside of your uh, your sleeping bag or quilt or whatever it is you're sleeping in. Some people love them though. 
Some people bring Nalgene on every trip. I just think they're a little bit heavy, personally. And I don't like screwing off a massive lid every time I want to get something to drink. Yeah, but I think that they have lids now that's got the pop top, and you can screw it off. Well, but I, I mean, could be you got wrong that. on that. I keep yawning right now. Uh, it's because like, you need your afternoon nap after a giant meal, dude. I'm old. I think it's the sushi. Just got done eating sushi. Um... Okay, water treatment. Include water for purification tablets as a backup in case your primary method fails. And do you bring those? Yes, every trip. I've never brought them before. Really? I say to bring them, but I don't. Well, you're just a hypocrite. You know, that's what people call me. (laughs) I'm a hypocrite. I'm here to make money and influence. (laughs) I'm a hypocrite. (laughs) And there it was. There it was. Uh, But no, I, I actually bring them. I've had to use them before, too. Um, I had a, uh, had a filter. It was a Sawyer filter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had not used it for a long time and I'd been using my be free instead. And so I pulled it out and it had dried up oh, and I didn't, I didn't, through? I didn't wet it before I left. And so, uh, I took it out in the woods, couldn't get any water to go through it. <laughs> yeah. And some of those you got to soak the night before. You just soak the night before if you're going to let, let them sit for a while. Yeah. And I didn't do that. And so I ended up having to take, um, my buff. Uh-huh. covering the front of my bag, collecting the water so I didn't get a bunch of crap in the water. Yeah. And then putting the tablets in and waiting like 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it was to finally be able to drink the water. So That's funny. It happens, man. It happens. It's real. Well, we're going to have to wrap up the show with uh, this after we get done with this. Oh, yeah. Waiting to see what GPT has to say about pooping in the woods. I'll tell you what. We will ask that question after we get done with this loadout. Yeah, we'll end the I show think we have the, to. Yeah. Look okay. at Look at this, uh, since we're talking about the, the canisters. Yeah, for temps that dip below freezing, I sleep with my canister beneath my knees in my hammock. I do the same with my Sawyer in a Ziploc. During the day, I keep the bagged Sawyer in a chest pocket. Yeah, you got to keep that um, that filter on you if it's going to be freezing temps while you're wa- uh, while you're walking. Yeah. It'll be in your backpack and still freeze. Oh, yeah. But unless maybe you, like, deep, put it down in there deep and it's kind of insulated, yeah. but... If you're in a tent, a lot of times you can prevent it just because the inside of the tent will be more warmer than freezing most of the time because yeah. tents are such enclosed places and your body heat will keep it at least above freezing most of the time. But True. if you're in a hammock, it's a whole different ballgame. Okay, let's look at navigation and safety. Wait, one other thing about oh. the water treatment. Yes. Um, on that, I typically am always with somebody else that has a filter, but I think that I would bring a backup method. If it's just going to be me. Yeah. And I know it's just me. But go ahead with the navigation and safety. So it says map and a compass. Bring a detailed map and compass to navigate the trails. It doesn't say know how to use them. But I guess that's a given. Because a lot of people bring the map and the compass and have no idea what, I mean. Yeah. They don't know what's up. Yeah. Well, then, it, but then it goes to the part that most of us do, which is GPS or phone with maps. Carry a GPS device or smartphone with downloaded offline maps as a backup. That's a kicker, though. That's smart that it put it in there. Downloaded offline maps. Yeah. Like, don't just, don't just do the free versions of these apps. Yeah. Actually, pay for one of them. It can be Gaia. It can be Onyx Backcountry. It can be Natural Atlas. All Trails. I bought all, that one. Yeah. You any of them. And then download those maps to your phone. So yeah. if you lose signal, you don't lose the map. Mm-hmm. Um, because GPS will always be there. Like, it'll always be a GPS signal unless you're just deep in the woods. But it, sometimes it won't load in the map. 
if you don't have service. So you could have like your little emblem on there and see which direction. But you're but not going to get a map. No, it's all just grayed out like a grid. So get one that you can download. Pay for It's like 30, 40 bucks for yeah. one of these companies for the entire uh, year. Far out for the win. Yeah. If they've got your trail. Yeah, I downloaded That's the kicker the, with Far Out, but I, I agree Far Out's fantastic. Yeah, Far Out's great, especially on popular trails like the AT or like yeah. the Camino. I downloaded it for it. Well, I'm doing the Trans Catalina in September. I'm and sure that's on there. It's on there. I've already downloaded and it's it. Probably, it was on sale, too. Probably like 5 10 bucks. $2.50. See? You can't pass that up, dude. I, I think I bought it immediately. I think it was $12 for the Camino for the whole um, French way. Yeah. Well, even the uh, and the Sheltoy Trace just got on there this past year. Oh. So, which is really cool. Because yeah. uh, that trail guide, that book that you had to carry, that's the only option you had for years. And yeah. now you've got it on Far Out, which is really cool. That's true. Uh, first aid kit. B- pack a basic first aid kit with essential supplies for emergencies. Yes. I would agree with that. Um, multi-tool. <laughs> this one, this is a good one. Um, include a multi-tool with a knife, pliers, screwdriver, etc. for various tasks. I, I'm okay with that, you know, especially uh, if you are a beginner backpacker. I think a multi-tool can be very valuable. Yeah. Because once you kind of, well, a lot of people wear them on their belt, you know, it's like the old cell phone holders that you wear on your belt. But if you're using a backpack, the weight's on your belt as well. Well, that's still weight regardless of how you look at it. I know you're, it's on your feet. That weight's on your feet regardless. You're carrying it, but I don't know. You get pretty small multi-tool, even cheap one from Walmart. Like those art trails are okay. I I think a small knife is usually okay. Yeah. But But that. The I get what it's saying. It's got everything on it. Yeah, I get what it's saying. All right, headlamp or flashlight? Let's just take out the flashlight part. Bring a headlamp. Some people like the flashlight, man. I'm glad they do, but bring the headlamp. I like, yeah, I can use the headlamp as a flashlight. The headlamp is way better just because the simple fact you don't have to use your hands. Your hands are free to do whatever you need to do. True. And you've got the light you need. And honestly, flashlights are typically, unless you're carrying one of these little tiny flashlights like this, but I'm always afraid I'm going to lose one of those. If yeah, I have those with like me. Like the pin light? Yeah. So yeah. headlamp, I, I think on this one, forget the flashlight. Just bring a headlamp and you'll be fine. And how many people are using, still using the headlamps with batteries? A lot of people. Think so? Especially people doing week-long trips. Uh-huh. Because if you do a week-long trip and you use like AAA batteries, um, you don't have to change batteries the whole week. You're going to be fine. Oh, nice. I, uh, but you'll have to recharge that headlamp. At, at least, least twice. Yeah. At least twice. Yeah. And so you're going to need to use your battery bank for that. Hey, Doc's here. What's up, Doc? What's up? Hey, let me throw up a few comments here. I'm producing the show today. so And doing uh, a fantastic job, by oh, the way. Thank you very this much, This is the man. best production you've ever done. Well, don't hold your breath because we still have a little time left. <laughs> well, Doc. I'm just kidding. Okay, so what else we got up here? Uh, uh, I was also going to throw this out there. I'm not really sure how to say your uh, name. But we'll, say, we'll go with Umayar. Thank you for being a subscriber to the channel. Um, interesting that the map and compass uh, were the primary and the GPS is backup because I always preach the second. Yeah. Don't you? I always say GPS is so convenient and easy. And it's, it's so much harder to get lost with the GPS if it's working properly. Right. But the wisdom in learning how to use a map and a compass can't go unspoken because if it's technology, it can break down. Right. So right. something could happen. Um, we lost both of our phones on the Shell Toy Trace at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself and Brian, he couldn't charge his anymore, mm-hmm. and mine just died. And so yeah. we had to get off the trail because what Where'd are we going to do? You yeah. know, so so 
if you're counting on that, it could come back to bite you. Yeah, and I, on my first YouTube trip, like the first trip where I actually took video footage and I was like, I'm going to put a video together to document this trip. It was in like October 2018 or September 2018, and um, my phone on the third or fourth day of the trip, it just like it just stopped. It just crapped out on me. I was watching a football game in the middle of the woods. Was it UK? It was UK. That's why. We won that game. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my screen just stopped working. They were interviewing the head coach, Mark Stoops, and then, boom, it just shut off. And, uh, yeah, just crapped out on me. So if if I hadn't had the map, then I don't know how we could have finished the trip. Yeah. Uh, Doc Watson says he hasn't upgraded to a rechargeable headlamp yet. Well, to each their own. Maybe it's not an upgrade. Also, yeah. um, Rusty says if you if you get Gaia, you can purchase it. It's great for dropping waypoints to reference yeah. later. You may be able to do that on the free version. I'm not sure. I definitely do that on the Earthmate. So there's an app that comes with Garmin. Yeah. If you buy their little uh, satellite devices, you can download the Earthmate and um, do offline maps, and you can pin anything you want on there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. Emergency whistle and fire starter. Include a whistle and fire starter for signaling and emergency situations. Okay. I'm going to say the whistle actually comes on a lot of backpacks. Yeah. Most of them on the sternum strap, the clip has yeah. a whistle. Not all, but quite a few. Yeah. Um, the fire starter, I would definitely say have. Because at night, depending on the, the weather, you want to do a fire. You want to stay warm at night. This says fire starter. I'm going to say like two lighters. And if you want another backup, Fire starter, that's great too, but that's just my opinion. I'm no expert here. Well, I'm just, thinking if you're up in the Rockies, mm -hmm. you know, you get certain heights, there's not as much not as much tree life up there. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's 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 good stuff. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with either one of those. I, I don't know that necessarily have to have those, but yeah, that's good. Uh, Doc Watson said something about the uh, the whistles. What you got here? The tent? Yeah, click on that real quick. It says, test those whistles. On my cheap packs, those whistles are terrible. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah, and, then, and also. Yeah, backpackerish. Firestarter. Okay. I, when you said Firestarter, I thought we were talking about um, like a striker, like a ferrule rod or something like that. No, I'm talking I like was, a cube or something that you use oh, to start fires. Okay, yeah. No, I did, on every single trip I yeah. bring I bring two multiple. typically. Yeah. Yeah. And um you know, you can gather stuff in nature sometimes too like uh, if you find a pine tree that's kind of weeping some of the sap out, you can put it into a tissue or something. Yeah. And use some natural stuff, but you're right about the plant life. I got some of those Mickwick ones from uh Killquest. Yeah, those like, work I pretty well. I met them I met them in Indiana a few weeks ago and uh Got a couple of those from them. I can't wait to try those out. All right, miscellaneous backpack rain covers. Consider a rain cover to protect your gear from wet conditions. Now, we actually talk about this in an episode coming up in a couple weeks, but I'm just going to go ahead and say I disagree. The, the rain cover? Because I believe if you have a pack liner and you make sure the things that are on the outside of your pack are things that it's okay if they get wet, mm -hmm. you don't need to have a pack cover. Because a pack cover is frustrating to deal with. Is the way I'd put it. 
Yeah, you have to take your backpack off to put the pack cover on unless somebody's with you. And like I said, when I use it, and you'll hear this in a couple weeks anyway, so this is a preview of what we're going to talk about in a couple weeks, but I would wear one in rain, and it would form a bowl on top with the fabric, (laughs) fill with water, and any time I bent over to pick something up, or I would have this thing of water just go right down my back. Yeah, it sucks. And it was miserable. And, And so... Uh yeah guys I don't, I'm not feeling the I'm not feeling the rain. The cover weird for thing me. about the rain cover is but a lot of people swear by them. Yeah, you have it has to the stars have to align. If you are not using a rain jacket and your umbrella is letting water get to the part of the backpack where what you're saying can happen, yeah, then you're gonna get your clothes wet. Yeah, if you have a rain cover on and a rain jacket, that's gonna cause like a funnel of water to go between you and your backpack Yeah, sometimes, I think. And I don't know if that makes it more likely to wet out, but you got to imagine it It won't. More water is bad. Well, here's my thing. I use I use a pack, you know, I put something inside, mm-hmm. and then I use an umbrella. So my pack doesn't get that wet anyways because the umbrella covers part of the pack anyways, so the pack's not getting all that wet to begin with. Yeah. So I, I have a lot of arguments for the umbrella versus the raincoat. Uh, Doc says he heard, uh, he heard the argument rain cover keeps the pack from getting water soaked. And I would say that on some of like your Osprey type packs and yeah. things like that where they can. But like if you're using something made with Ultra Fabric or Dyneema or X Pack or Eco Pack or any of those, those things, it's not as big of an issue as far as getting water soaked. Yeah. Cause they don't, they, it will hold water if water yeah. gets inside and it's just sitting there, yeah. but it won't soak in like a fabric and just hold water weight. Right, right. But I do like the aspect of, even though I know it's backpacking, we're not really bushcrafters, so we don't use the two is one, one is none. Right. When it comes to my survival, and I know I need my sleeping bag to be dry, um, I would consider doing some kind of double protection, even if it is... But, but you know what I would do in that case? What? I wouldn't use the, the, the pack cover for that. I would stuff the sleeping bag in a Dyneema stuff sack yes. inside of the, uh, like, pack whatever liner. it is you're using to use it. Yeah, a pack liner. Yeah. That would, there's your double savings right there. You could, yeah, you can do either. And that's probably going to be a more, the probability of it getting wetted out in that circumstance is yeah. probably less than it would be if you just use your pack liner and pack cover as right. your secondary. Right. But I don't know. It's probably a lot cheaper to go to Walmart and buy yeah. a two dollar pack. Cover. Kevin Munson brings up a good thing here. He What's says he, say? he says I noticed moving to North Carolina that I cannot use an umbrella as often as I was able to in Colorado because of the green tunnel. Everything grabs at it. Yeah, it it really depends on the situation you're in. But a lot of times, if it's thicker stuff like that too, a lot of times the rain doesn't affect you as badly mm-hmm. because it gets caught in the trees and you kind of get like secondary rain. Right. That's but it doesn't, doesn't mean you don't get wet. I mean, that's for sure. Uh, TN Prime, Fritos are great for fire tinder. Don't dub, or double use. Don't say don't. It is double use. I want to eat them. I like these. But he's right. Fritos. Doritos are great for that, too. Yeah, any any chip that's any uh, of the Eatos. oil. Eatos. Fritos, yeah. Doritos. Yeah. Cheetos. All great. Fantastic. Uh, so we are down to the trekking poles. If you prefer using trekking poles... Bring a pair for stability and support. Huh? That's pretty simple. Yeah, you can also pick up a stick. I don't know about the Rockies, depending on the terrain. But here in Kentucky, a lot of people cut a stick. 
as they're going in, or there a lot of them are left at trailheads. Yeah, I love them. They're great for your knees when you're going downhill. Oh, they they definitely help. Even that guidebook, you know, you saw I was reading it for the Camino. It's laying down there yeah. on the table, and it put in there about trekking poles, and it it estimated it reduces the wear on your feet and knees and stuff by about twenty five percent. Now I don't yeah. know how true that is, but anecdotally, I can tell you it's definitely helped me in the trekking poles, like especially going up hills or climbing down rocks. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Uh, let's see. Repair kit. Pack a small repair kit with items like duct tape, needle and thread, and cordage. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't needle. know about needle and thread. I would I would say dental floss. Yeah, a lot of people suggest the dental floss as your thread instead of, because it's dual purpose. Yeah. If you're already going to. Kind of like the Fritos. Yeah. Now the needle. But don't eat. Don't eat dental floss. What else do you need? <laughs> no, don't, don't eat dental floss. Even if it tastes minty, don't eat. Don't, it. it is. It does smell very great. Yes. <laughs> um, the needle. Do you know what the dual use is on that one? Oh, you've got blisters to deal with. Yeah, blisters. And and the the other thing too is um, there's a wax coating on your uh, your dental floss, mm. which can kind of help when you're sewing things up that it's not going to just have a big hole. It's actually that wax will kind yeah, of not necessarily waterproof it, but will be water resistant. You know what I like better than the needle and thread for gear repair? Is that, uh, the tape? Yeah. Yeah. The tenacious tape. tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tenacious tape is fantastic, but some materials it doesn't like to stick to. Yeah. So I would probably maybe test it on a couple of different things before. <laughs> Who my are. We were talking about things that rhyme with Eidos. He put mojitos. <laughs> 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 that's funny that's good that's good all right let's look at toiletries include right. small quantities of biodegradable soap good call toothpaste toilet paper and a trowel for waste disposal good yeah, that, that's good stuff i would it, it doesn't say hand sanitizer and i would probably also bump toiletries up out of oh it says miscellaneous i thought these were yeah. more optional things but yeah. i would definitely put the toiletries in non-optional like yeah. that's one of my necessities. Yeah, I mean, that's just me. You're gonna have to go. Well, and by the way, this past weekend I did not win the game. Oh, you lost. I lost the game. I had to poop in the woods. Um, let me ask story. you this: What do you think about the true ultralighters with a capital T R U E? True ultralighters who do not bring any toilet paper, and they just use things in the woods to wipe with. You know, here's the thing. This, this is not safe for work. True ultralighters. This, this is not safe for work. It's their butthole, not mine. <laughs> if they want to yeah. wipe it with leaves and sticks and rocks, you know what? God bless them. They can do that. Sticks. You know what I'm not going to do? What? That. I'm going to bring toilet paper. I'm going to bring maybe a bidet, like a backcountry bidet. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I don't want to take leaves and natural materials and wipe myself. I just don't want to. I've had to use leaves before. Have you ever had to use leaves? Once. That's why it's, I don't want to do it anymore. It's not great. I don't like there, it. There is not a whole lot no. of resistance on the leaves. I thought I'd be Andrew Skirka. Yeah. He's more of a man than I am because I didn't want to do it again after that. No, I don't like it. I now, don't like if, it. maybe if you're using the bidet beforehand and then you were kind of using a leaf or something, but yeah, dude, yeah. I'm not about it. And you know what I do use leaves for? What's that? They're fantastic for washing out pans. Really? Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to get your towel wet, uh-huh. you know, so you don't have to, like, clean up your towel after you clean up something else. Yeah. If you just take some leaves 
I got this from Miyagi, actually. You grab oh. some leaves off of a, of a plant nearby, make sure, obviously make sure it's not poison ivy. <laughs> yeah, or poison snake or poison oak or but, something. But yeah, just get in there and, and just scrub that up real good, and you can put a little bit of your whatever soap you have uh-huh. and use leaves, and it's amazing how well it gets things clean. I like to use, unless it has a some kind of surface on it that you're not supposed to, some kind of coating, I like to use a little bit of gravel or sand. Like that, the abrasion is kind of like a... Uh, What's the the little pads that you get at, at home? The Brillo pads? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like that, and you can just use your hand. And then I'll tell you another thing I use the leaves for is after I use my trowel, a lot of times it's got mud and stuff all over it, and I'll take leaves and clean all that oh, mud yeah. off. Actually, click on Kevin Munson there at the bottom. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Leaves clean the dirt from your stakes when you put them away. Yeah, they're a very useful napkin for cleaning all that dirt and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and if you're listening or watching and you're a beginner backpacker, um clean your steaks off before you put them in the steak bag. Yeah. Cuz if you don't, you're going to have a bag full of dirt. <laughs> yeah, dude, you I love when you you turn it over at home and then you just get a cloud of dust. Yeah, and then you have to clean up that mess that's all over your floor now. Yeah, yeah like you don't want that. So <laughs> clean your steaks off. It's not hard. I actually take the other steak. I take one steak and I just kind of clean out the grooves. Yeah, I usually clack them together. Yeah, and I just clean them out real quick cuz it's it takes a few seconds more, but when you get home, you don't want to clean up a mess. No. It's a, it's annoying to have to clean uh, up when you get home. A couple of things they forgot on here. Some some way to uh, protect against bears, like if you're a bear canister or Especially a bear in the, hanging that kid. area of the world, yeah. Yeah. I thought that that may be useful. Did you see anything else? I that, didn't see a bear canister, like, to put your food in. Yeah. Like, there's no there was nothing for animals. There's nothing, like... To keep animals out, there's nothing in there. Did it say sunscreen at one point or bug spray? I uh, didn't see either of those. I don't know if those are necessities. I would say, I would say sunscreen. I would for say sure. I would say bug spray too in some of those areas. So some stuff I feel like it left out, but it got most of the essentials. I would say though, if you were to go on a backpacking trip and you had this stuff with you, mm-hmm. you'd survive. Well, you didn't read their disclaimer at the bottom. It says remember to adjust this list based on the specific weather conditions, season, and personal preferences. Always prioritize safety and leave no trace principles. Hey, look at that. While enjoying your backpacking trip in the Rockies. I think you wouldn't do poorly. Now, I would say it says nothing about food storage. That's huge. You definitely want, you definitely need to put food storage in there. So they missed that one. Backpackers is actually saying bear spray is a must. In the Rockies. Yes. They have grizzlies in the Rockies? Brown bears. Brown bears, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, you definitely want to be careful of that. Yeah, and don't wipe with the leaves of three. Leaves of three do not make good TP. That is the <laughs> truth. That is the truth. Well, it, I think it's time, Jeremiah, to ask the GPT, chat GPT, the question we've all wanted to know. What is the proper way to poop in the woods on a backpacking trip? Is that what you want me to top in? Yeah, what is the proper way to poop in the woods on a backpacking trip? Okay, what is the proper way to poop in the woods on a backpacking trip? Yep. Enter. Let's see what ChatGPT has to see. You want to narrate it here? I, I will let it finish out its whole thing here. All right. It's loading up. We've got one bullet point, two bullet points. I feel like that. Three the, bullet points. Three, they just literally watched my video on pooping. And, and they got number reading. four. Actually, they can't read your thing. ChatGPT only goes back to 2021 on what it can find. Oh, I, I put the video out like three weeks ago. Yeah, that it, was 2023. This only goes back to twenty. It only can it can only go up to twenty twenty one. It doesn't know current events. What? Why not? So that doesn't you know? 
Terminator. Okay, go to the beginning. Go to the beginning. Okay, we got six points. Let's make this quick. Okay, when it comes to properly disposing of human waste in the woods during a backpacking trip, it's essential to follow leave-no-trace principles and minimize your impact on the environment. Here's a guide to help you. One, find the right spot. Choose a location that is at least 200 feet, about 70 steps away from water sources, trails, and campsites. Look for an area with deep organic soil or duff away from vegetation and fragile ecosystems. Two, dig a cat hole. Use a small trowel or heel of your boot to dig a hole that is six to eight inches deep and four to six inches in diameter. The hole should be deep enough to contain the waste and provide proper decomposition. Three, do your business. Uh, (laughs) Squat or sit above the hole to do your business. If you're using toilet paper, bring biodegradable or unscented toilet paper and use it sparingly. Afterward, carefully place the used toilet paper in a sealable plastic bag. Number four, Cover and conceal. Use the trowel to cover your waste with the soil from the hole. Make sure the hole is completely covered and the area looks undisturbed to prevent animals from digging it up. Five, pack out or burn. Send it to the atmosphere. There we go. Uh, In areas with high visitor impact or where burying waste is not feasible, you may need to pack out your solid waste. Use sealable bags specifically designed for waste disposal and carry them out with you. Alternatively, If regulations permit and it is safe to do so, you can burn the waste in a small, controlled campfire. Make sure to check local regulations and guidelines beforehand and probably speak with your fellow campmates if they want to smell burning poo at their campfire. (laughs) I think that's that's fair. Have you ever even heard it? I've heard of it. I haven't done it. But Okay. okay. Wash and sanitize. Use hand sanitizer or biodegradable soap and water to clean your hands thoroughly after handling waste. Uh, If water sources are nearby, disperse soapy water away from waterways to minimize environmental impact. Remember, this is at the bottom, remember it's important to check out and follow any specific regulations or guidelines for waste disposal in the area you're visiting as rules may vary. Respect the environment, leave no trace, and help preserve the natural beauty of the wilderness for future visitors. Now I want you to ask GPT. Okay. I want you to ask chat GPT. Have you ever pooped in the woods? <laughs> Is this what people do? They just hang out and ask chat GPT different stuff? Oh, all kinds of stupid questions. I've had to write poems for me before. Yeah, I had kids write essays. As an AI them. language model, I don't have a physical presence or personal experiences. Therefore, I don't have the ability to poop or engage in any activities that require a physical body. My purpose is to provide information and assist with answering questions to the best of my knowledge and abilities. Do you wish you could poop in the woods? Okay. <laughs> and it's the same answer. Oh, it says it doesn't have any feelings or desires. Well, Terminator. Yeah, they didn't do too bad, man, on I, the... That, uh, yeah, that wasn't too bad. Now, Kevin obviously did check out my video, and I don't think I'm the only one that marks their poop spot, especially in high-traffic poop areas. Yeah, especially like big trails like the AT. You, you really yeah. need to mark that stuff. You literally have a poop minefield out there. Oh, it's terrible. And if it's not marked, you're definitely digging up somebody's poop. Yeah, yeah. And if you're in California, you're not burying it. No, or like parts well, of Utah. Most, I would say most of California. I think there's some places where you can, but most of it you can't. Yeah. I think that uh, that's pretty good. They did leave out the different techniques that I would consider using, like the Porta Privy or um, like the orangutan hang. Or the poop strap. The, yeah, the crap strap. Crap strap. Crap strap. Yeah. So, I don't know. All in all, not too bad. That'll get you by on pooping. It tells you about everything you need to know. But there are a few things I would add. I think you're right. So, 
For myself and Jeremiah, we hope you enjoyed this episode where we literally asked AI to tell us how to go backpacking. Um, this was a pop-up live stream. We're so thankful for everybody that tuned in. Uh, it's good to see your names up there. We aren't going to be back with actual live streams until August. Although, yeah, if we can pull it off, we may be doing some live streams from overseas with Jeremiah and yeah. his beautiful bride. Yeah, we're still working on the uh, the timing aspect because there's a, a time difference, and obviously this one popped up in the middle of the day on a random Tuesday. So, I don't know. We want it to be be able to where you guys can engage as well. So, we'll try to pick a time that would uh, be the most logical for everybody, but I also have to sleep. So That's true. Yeah. That's true. But anyway, yeah, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. This is fun. A quick little pop-up. Yep. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Yeah. Adios, folks. <laughs>